Welcome to Financial R&R, a show dedicated to financial insurance and risk management solutions and trends shaping the market today. Here are your hosts, Ron Boris and Ryan Farnsworth. Well, welcome. My name is Ron Boris, and I'm the financial institutions practice leader at Alliant. I am thrilled to have uh, two guests with me today, uh, part of our, our regular podcast series. First, Blake Cramsey, who leads our insurance company practice uh, and is our subject matter expert on everything uh, around insurance companies, policies, et cetera. And, and Steve Chappelle, uh, a lawyer in our group who leads specialty claims and is just a phenomenal legal mind relative to exposures, claims, recoveries, and, and all sorts of things going on in our business. So, you know, lots to talk about in the area of insurance companies. You know, Blake, I, I know we wanted to co- sort of cover a few themes here notably COVID and, and, and how COVID's uh, impacting the world of, of insurance companies and how they operate. Uh, certainly the civil unrest uh, claims and experience we've seen uh, over the course of the last, you know, I guess call it now 18 to 24 months. Uh, and then obviously, as we know, insurance is a state regulated product. So, you know, lots of changes going on at the various state levels. So why don't you kick us off and sort of, you know, start talking about some of the things that, that our insurance uh, company clients and, and folks who aren't working with us today should, should need to know. Thanks for having me on the call today, guys. Yeah, there's a lot going on um, specifically with respect to to COVID, certainly civil unrest. A few a few states in particular to watch out for, some of which are, are new. We'll start, I guess, with, with COVID. You know, what we're seeing is, as you can imagine, a, a vast upswing in bad faith-related claims, business interruption-related claims, employment practices, liability-related claims, and really all things that kind of fall around the employer-employee fiduciary responsibility all around. What started first, you know, if we, if we kind of back up about, about 12 months ago, was really just a lot of uncertainty with respect to COVID. Panic in the marketplace, both from an insurer and an insuring company point of view. From the insurance company point of view, what we started to see almost immediately was what we thought was an overreaction. Um, you know, carriers started to see an inundation of notices with respect to business interruption, all things really related to the employee. You fast forward now about 12 months, and here we are, and we're starting to see uh, employment practices, liability claims, bad faith claims, and even starting to see some fiduciary claims. Uh, it's just been really interesting to watch. We're monitoring things very closely, but we are starting to see some pretty unique actions being taken by the insurance carriers. Steve, Steve, do you have anything you want to add on that point? Yeah, yeah. One, I mean, we we obviously follow this really closely and and try to keep our finger on the pulse of what what is what is getting insurance companies in litigation, um, and and the, and then you know kind of the frequency and severity of it. And it's been interesting to watch. I mean, there isn't substantial uptick, right? To call it an uptick is probably doing a, an injustice to it, right? I mean, the, the number of, of federal, and, and that's easiest for me to track, so I kind of compare it. If I compare it pre-pandemic to post-pandemic, you know, 30, 40 um, actions a day in federal court involving insurance companies. Just today, for example, there were 113. Friday, there were 84. Um, 77 the day before that. So tremendous amount of litigation being filed involving insurance coverage disputes. And a lot of this is, to your point, like being driven by COVID-19 issues, right? So we're seeing, when I looked at my alerts today, I think I counted five decisions from courts on 
coverage litigation involving business interruption and COVID. And it's, pro- it's a pretty consistent theme, five, six, seven rulings a day. And they're, they're interesting and they're kind of all over the place to your point about you know, different jurisdictions kind of being a, a, a kind of a hotbed for litigation and it evolving. I was looking at the, the Illinois multi-district litigation case, for example, right, involving 40 different claims um, rolled into one multi-district litigation ruling where, you know, the court did not dismiss the case, right? And, and while most courts are dismissing, when I say most, it, it's, it's an interesting split where, where courts are finding, as London did, right? And in the UK, the court took this issue up and they ruled that there is coverage for these business interruptions. And we're seeing more and more courts here in the U.S., you know, reach similar results, or at least preliminary, and, and letting these things go to trial. So a lot of litigation on COVID and uh, on the business interruption alone, you know, and then you know, we see a great deal of, of event cancellation, you know, friction. These, these are challenging facts and challenging times. So long-winded way of saying a lot of litigation going on related to this COVID involving insurance companies. You know, I think one of the things that sometimes people forget is how how broad of an industry insurance really is, right? I mean, you have, you know, all different aspects of of insurance and and uh, whether it's you know life insurance, whether it's property and casualty insurance. So, um, you know, are there any themes? Uh, is there any segment of insurance that's being impacted harder than the other, or does it seem to be sort of pretty, uh, pretty, pretty random with regards to how these things are occurring? Well, I'll, I'll hit that first, then I'll pass it to Blake. So there's no great theme. And to Blake's point earlier, right, we're seeing more and more areas of insurance be implicated. I was reading um, a piece today about California the regulators getting more aggressive about insurance companies overcharging their clients during this COVID time. Right? And, that was, and that's a theme. We saw a lot of insurance commissioners around the country, you know, raise their hand and say, you know, we're going to really carefully watch this because insurance companies are not adequately analyzing this issue. And, and while some are voluntarily giving um, back some premium, others are not. And so it's just an, another layer of regulation and enforcement that we're going to see against carriers. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is the theme, right? I mean, there's, there's a huge focus on this. If you look at just the sheer level of inquiry that we've had to respond to as insurance brokers on various policies. You know, it's, it's virtually every single insured that we represent or prospective insured that we speak to is asking what potential coverage could be for you know all things related to COVID. So that theme in of itself, it's causing a lot of people uh, a lot of anxiety. Frankly, it's causing the insurance carriers who are insuring these folks a lot of anxiety as well, because there is, in their view, I think, pretty strict language that stipulates that, by and large, most things pandemic-related or communicable disease-related are are not covered and are not intended to be covered. Um, But there's a lot of lobbyists out there, obviously, who think otherwise, and there's there's a a lot of folks who'd like to have that coverage. So as an expert in and someone that places insurance company professional liability coverage on behalf of our insurance company clients, it is a real concern. And one of the themes that we've seen this year, which is extremely concerning, is um, 
the fact that the carriers are looking to ring fence those liabilities and and put those liabilities that are still ongoing underneath one policy period. So, you know, in, in many instances, we've seen this on a couple event cancellation type insurers or folks that are providing travel insurance or event insurance where they've received hundreds, in some cases, thousands of claims and a subsequent set of bad faith claims where, you know, their insurance companies that are writing E&O coverage for them, which is protecting against the extra contractual professional liability, the punitive damages, you know, they're, they're running away from the risk, if not putting on exclusions that severely limit the exposure on a go forward basis. So that's a big theme, Ron. So, so Blake, if I'm an insurance company risk manager, right, and, and obviously we know the impact that COVID and, and, and sort of the civil unrest and the cat storms have had uh, on the broader industry over the last year or so, um, you know, what should I expect, right? And how can I, uh, realizing that insurance is such a broad universe, uh, how can I best differentiate myself so that I'm not necessarily being grouped in with sort of other areas of the business that quite frankly, have very different challenges than, than I do? Yeah, it's a great question, Ron. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot there and I'll, I'll, I'll add some things and maybe Steve, you want to jump in here, but I think you, you should expect a lot of questions this year for your renewal, you know, depending on the segment that you may operate in and the jurisdiction you may operate in and where you're located, there, there's going to be a lot of concern particularly if you're in, you know, say, say Portland or San Francisco or Denver, um, you know, areas that have more liberal governments, there's been a tremendous amount of, of civil commotion, which has caused a substantial amount of, of damages to properties, and it continues to go on. Th that's just one facet of this whole thing. What we can expect, and I think for the foreseeable future is, Expect your insurance underwriters to really dig in and ask a lot of questions. You know, also expect that they don't know everything and that they need help and that they need guidance. So, you know, in this day and age, I think you get extra credit for giving more information and giving less information. And not everybody likes to do that. But I think it bodes well in your favor as an insured if you're going the extra step, providing the extra information and trying to show how you're different. There is an element of portfolio underwriting. At every carrier, you know, some carriers mask that a little bit better than others, but that is a real theme. And in order for insurance carriers to write business profitably, it, it's got to work on, on a portfolio basis and an individual basis. And, you know, the fear that I have is that our insureds are getting lumped into the wrong bucket and therefore experiencing overly punitive renewal terms. So I think it's very important that you have a subject matter expert, whoever that is, that really knows the nuances of insurance companies and can articulate that really well in the marketplace on your behalf. Well, come on, Blake, we, we know who that subject matter expert wanna... is. That subject matter expert is you, right? But, you know, seriously, I mean, what, what's the best way to answer those questions, right? I mean, is it, you know, I, I mean, we hear often a lot of clients that we're meeting with that, uh, yeah, no, uh, we haven't marketed our deal in a couple of years, or we haven't met with our insurance carriers or our underwriters in a while. What, what What's the best, what's going to yield the best outcome? What's the best approach? Yeah, I mean, none of those things are going to yield a good outcome. I mean, the right answer is you got to start early and often. If, if you're not out six months in advance on your renewal, four months at the absolute latest, then, then you're doing something wrong. If anybody tells you that they can get it done a little bit faster, then I'd probably, I'd probably shop around a bit. 
you know, the reality of it is things are taking a lot longer to get done in today's insurance market for a variety of reasons, and COVID's contributing to that. The market has hardened and continues to harden, you know, and that's forcing the brokerage community to put things to market at a faster, more aggressive pace. So as a, as a former underwriter, you know, you think about, well, I've got 25 deals on my desk. I can only get to five. You know, how are you going to get your deal to the top of that underwriter's pile and make sure that that person gives it their full attention and make sure that they've got proper uh, buy-in for management? So you've got to leverage everything. You know, starting with a sound submission is just one thing, but for, for folks who are not doing underwriting meetings, I firmly advise against continuing that practice. Start having underwriting meetings with your underwriters. Get to know these folks on a, on a personal basis. It does matter. Develop the relationships, you know, and pick your advocate. But I think that those are, those are definitely some of the, the strengths here that, that we bring to the table for sure. And, 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 the, and there's others out there as well. Steve, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that. I, the only thing I would add, Blake, would be that I agree with the notion of underwriting meetings to drill down on some of these unique circumstances that we're seeing in this claims environment, right? Where insurance companies are almost by definition, right, in in place to handle these unique, catastrophic, um, one-off events. You know, this this pandemic has really highlighted some of the the, the risk. And the need to differentiate in kind of a global insurance climate and insureds being hit with unique claims, but they're they're being brought you know across the country, across the world. Um, you know, you had hit on the the civil unrest claims, right? Th- th- those are interesting, and and for for those clients with with some of those exposures, and there's a lot of this exposure around the country, right? Having a detailed conversation at the time of underwriting is really going to be beneficial to address and distinguish the exposures that you know a particular um, insurer might have. Yeah, I, I think to hit on your point earlier, Blake. I mean, I mean, you, you know, reaching out to your broker. Uh, early and often, you know, if you you think you have a claim that you need to deal with, or you, you know you anticipate a challenging renewal, I think just getting out in front of this stuff, talking throughout the year, right? We all know the renewal process is not just a month or two or three months before the actual renewal date. It, it's a collaborative process. It's a collaborative, you know, partnership uh, that really sort of benefits from off-cycle meetings. And I think at Alliant, you know, when we were working with our clients, it's, it's really uh, you know, pushing that more rewarding way to manage risk uh, and, and not just sort of treating it like a, like a transaction. So you, know, you, you two have offered some great perspective here. I've, uh, I think the folks that are listening in today are going to really find a lot of real benefit here. If for whatever reason uh, you're out there and, and there's some things that you're, you're struggling with, uh, either on the brokerage side or the claim side, uh, Blake Cramsey and Steve Chappelle are, are absolutely two of the best when it comes to, to helping manage this. So uh, with that, we'll wrap up today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if there's any questions or you want additional information on our firm, please visit www.alliant.com. Otherwise, we'll uh, talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much.